Hey everyone, this is Brandon again, and welcome to the No Filler Nerds, episode 6. Uh, welcome back. Thank you to all our listeners who have made it to this episode so far. We definitely appreciate you. Before we get started as usual, let me welcome back our other MCs to the podcast. First off, we have our resident anime god that will destroy your favorites list with the snap of his finger and will also perfectly balance your show watching experience, Jordan. Next, we have a stand user that was reincarnated onto this podcast and will solo level your outlook on geek culture, Anthony. Yo, I am happy to be here. And then next, we finally have the man who's our resident secret agent that will cause a rebellion in the discussion from behind the scenes with his geos and always has a full counter ready for your argument, Brandon. Don't be mad at 006. And then finally, the one who has seen every timeline and knows all outcomes but prefers to be the watcher and your narrator, your drunken dungeon master, me, the better Brandon. All right. So I don't know if we discussed it in our last podcast episode, but this week we're going to be talking about the saga of Tanya the Evil. So essentially, this is my recommendation. It is a World War II anime, which is, you know, very rare nowadays. And so because I am terrible at explaining stuff, I actually got a summary off the Internet because it's better at me than this kind of stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and read that off. After that, everyone's going to give their initial reactions and I'll finish it off. And then we're going to go into spoiler territory. All right. For having insulted God, an arrogant Japanese salaryman in the moment of his sudden death is sentenced to be reborn in an alternate universe similar to 1910s Europe in an empire torn apart by countless wars with all the nearby countries. The salaryman is reborn as Second Lieutenant Tanya Durkachov of the Imperial Army, a nine-year-old soldier. Plus, this according to God's words, if she's not able to die a natural death or she refuses to have faith in him, her soul will leave the circle and be sent to hell for the countless sins that Tanya has committed in her previous life. In search for an escape, Tanya decides to enter the Empire's Mages Division, hoping to reach a high enough rank as fast enough as possible to remain far from the battlefield and in this way avoid risk of being killed. Even if she's now forced to speak with the young girl's list, Tanya soon turns into a ruthless soldier who prioritizes efficiency in her own career over anything else. So, yes, that was probably more than I should have given, but I didn't spoil anything, thank goodness. So, yeah, we're going to go around. I guess we'll start with Anthony, then we'll go Jordan, then Amaker, and then I'll come back and finish it off. Just our initial impressions before we get into details, what you like, what you didn't like. Okay. First of all, I would like to say that I had a lot of fun watching this anime. From the cover art, I wasn't necessarily sold. It kind of looked like it kind of had that view of a person in which they're going crazy. Like that like fishbowl look where they're like, you, you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like that that view where it sees them and it's like all around it. Like they're going, going psychotic. Anyway, it's a 10-year-old girl in a world war setting and i wasn't too sure that this was going to go anywhere special i'm glad that it stuck with it because on the surface that's what i thought it was but the action and how they carried uh the story along it was very strategic in its in its approach it almost felt like i was watching like almost like a death note kind of vibe how it had the the main character and the strategists were always trying to play a game of chess with their opponents as they were infiltrating and retreating and and making all their moves. Tanya is a a, a maniacal person. In her previous life, she was a, a CEO, I I think, and you could tell that this person was was not a a very liked person. In the one scene that you really saw him in, he 
fired a person and was just basically like, I don't, I don't care what happens to you. You're not helping this company. So bye. And the guy uh, pushes him into a train and it goes from there where he gets reborn. Like, like Nesbitt said in the, in the summary, he gets reborn into this girl's body in like a fantasy land 1910 1920s europe kind of vibe where he enlists into the military and there's a lot more action like really good action not just like gunfights like world war you know it's it's a lot more theatrical and and fantasy than i was expecting it to be and as it said the tanya's enrolled into this mage division which they are able to fly with these devices that this scientist has created and they cast their magical abilities through their guns they cast certain spells or enchants on their weaponry in some sort and then they're able to, to shoot their guns through it i thought that was that was really cool and i was i was constantly interested to see what was the next thing that was going to happen so uh, yeah yeah i enjoyed it same thing the the cover art for it kind of threw me off i had had it in my queue to watch for a while for me it was missing something i really can't pinpoint what it was but it was kind of hard for me to like watch each episode even having like the action and maybe it's maybe it's just something about it i didn't like but I, i found it difficult to to get through all 12 even with the story being interesting and it having enough action. And like one of the, the main things I thought was strange was like the guy, like you said at the beginning, the way the story started out, he, you know, he was woken in his position and his position had him let people go from the company he was working for. And the guy who inevitably pushed him into the train, he had been, you know, late for work on several occasions. I think he told him he missed like three days without, you know, no call, no show type of thing. And he was firing him for those offenses. And I don't see how that was an issue. Like, that's what you get fired for, <laughs> you know. But I get like it, it kind of went into what he was saying later in the story about people not running on logic and things that make sense and actually doing things based on emotion. I mean, it, I, I'm not going to say the series wasn't good. It was it was it was just something about it for me. I wouldn't give it a 100. I'm not sure what I would give it, but it wouldn't get 100. But I did complete all 12 episodes. I did find it, you know, interesting enough to want to know what goes on further. But I feel like it didn't it didn't hit me until like the last two episodes. And I was like, damn, what's going to happen next? And it was over. Well, I take that back. It does have a movie after episode 12. So I might have to watch that to see if it can redeem itself a little bit in my eyes. I wanted to add to that, if you don't mind, real quick. The thing that was missing for me, and I think it might you might have the same thing, is like there was no other characters that stood out in this. Like there was no background given to any of these characters. There was like one other girl, and she was like the most animated one because she had like huge blue eyes. But outside of that, there was like no other characters. Yeah, that was another thing I noticed. Like the animation of each character was like drastically different. Like you've got one character who looks like they could have been from Cowboy Bebop, and then you got another character that could have been from Shin Shin. So, it, uh, wow. I mean, some people might find that interesting. The the artists definitely can draw, but yeah, like you like you said, the the main character was the only thing for the whole series. Like 
you didn't really get anything extra until was like episode I want to say seven when that new group was made. And, you know, you got a couple of characters in there that were interesting, but they didn't even do anything with them. Like you just got to see them fighting. And if they weren't fighting too bad, you know, we're going back to Tanya and her crazy self and watching her do, you know, whatever she going to do. It just doesn't make sense to me. Even being an anime, you got a, a 10 year old mage in the army. The way she got scooped up based on her ability and then instantly was fighting in the military. Okay, so they didn't explain, like, how child warfare, you know, was viable in that setting. So I did enjoy it because I like these, you know, these war movies and settings and all that. And then what made it a lot more interesting, because right now, like, video games, like, it's actually getting irritating seeing these motherfuckers go back to war war times because they literally have no other, you know, Call of Duty and all that. They have no, I don't know, there's no creativity for some reason. But with this show, I didn't have a problem with it. And what made it interesting was that they added that element of magic, but not going full fantasy. It was just like someone who had whatever the mutant, the X-Men mutant like gene was, something like that, but not to its full potential. So they could conjure a little bit of telekinesis and then some other things, but they weren't OP and couldn't just straight up slaughter a whole country by themselves, even though the main character did have some of those abilities. So it was really interesting to me how they tied that whole semi-magic and also industrialism technology in with magical capabilities from different levels of aptitude. So for me, um, kind of like I told the guys when I suggested this, that was one of my favorite content creators. He had started watching it, so I was watching along with them because I kind of like Jordan said, like I had my eye on it, but I was like, nah, man, I, that looks kind of sus. So like I never touched it. So then once I actually watched it, then I was like, wow, that's actually pretty good. Like it wasn't what I expected. So overall, I really enjoy it. Even though it's my pick, I'm not going to I know it's not the greatest anime, but it, it was enjoyable. And I think one thing that I liked about it definitely set itself apart. So obviously, you know, it's, it's an isekai, but, you know, generally, even when you have those where they get a new body, it's not opposite sex. So, like, I know for me, like, I don't know how I feel in that situation if I got transported. And on top of that, I'm not a guy anymore. I'm like, well, OK. So and 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 I guess, you know, and, and I am kind of rusty on it, but I, I, he, he didn't really seem too phased by that. And at the end of the day, he ended up using it to his advantage, like him being a, a young girl, you know. So I, I thought that was really interesting take on it. And, you know, like I said, the war was good. The conflict was good. And, and to Anthony's and Jordan's point, there were there were a couple other characters, but they honestly didn't really stand out. It was, it was Tanya's show. Like there's there's a main there's a main antagonist, you know, that she quarrels with. There's like the super smart guy and the general. But like they didn't really stand out. It was it was mainly Tanya's show. So, like I said, but, you know, the conflict and, and how she how she operates and her, her battle with God, like all that stuff was very interesting. And, and, and I, like I said, I think it sets itself apart, but it definitely could have expanded more in its world. And, you know, obviously we talked about characters and I think just kind of, you know, setting it did a good job of world building, but it could have fleshed out a little bit more. And like Jordan said, maybe 12 episodes wasn't enough for that. Like maybe or even like the second season of the movie might do that. So it, it definitely has room for improvement. But, you know. Even though it was my recommendation, I, I, you know, I agree with everyone else. Like it was really good, but it could, it definitely could use room for improvement. 
So now we are going into spoiler territory. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. After this, you will hear one of us let you know if you want to skip ahead and you don't want to listen to spoilers. But right now, last final warning, we are going into spoiler alert. So now, you know, the floor is open. If anyone wants to bring anything else back up or bring anything else up, now's the time. Let's go. Well, I'm thinking, I'm sitting here trying to figure out what it was missing. And I feel like, I keep saying I feel like, I'm thinking uh, (laughs) it just lacked explanation for a lot of things. So as I'm sitting there watching, I'm thinking to myself, like, why is this person doing this? Who is this character? Why did the, you know, the the general do that? it's, It's almost like it was focusing too much on the strategic moves of being in the military and conquering those different lands versus explaining some of the actual characters and abilities and reasons why. And that is what messed me up a little bit. It, it really didn't grab me until close to the end. So if this were on my my regular criteria of the three episode, you know, three strikes you out, it wouldn't have made it. <laughs> Damn. No, that's fair. I guess also is just how the technology became so prominent and yeah, you have mages and they showed how she was picked, but still like how, how did these people get this like, you know, ability? Are they exposed to a mineral or some shit like that? They had her form her own battalion and had all those, those, I guess, mage candidates. What made them a candidate? Like there was no explanation. The only thing we know is that when she was in the orphanage, she had extraordinary magic ability based on the tests they gave her. So they scooped her up Mm -hmm. and she volunteered to jump into the military. Yeah, because, I mean, she had all those abilities opposed to just a regular ass soldier. She had the the same abilities as other mages until being X brought himself back up and told her, you won't be able to use this what do they call it? Magic apparatus or whatever, unless you pray to me. So she yeah, was just yeah. a regular mage that, you know, had a little bit of extra magic early on. Like she wasn't special until after that. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I would say that she was still special. I mean, there was no other children in the military. You know, she was still at least special enough to to be a I think at the beginning she was a lieutenant. And by the time the show wrapped up, she was a major. So she had to, to be a lieutenant at 10 years old is crazy, you hmm. know, to 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 add to the children in military thing. There is a, a series of books based around this exact thing called Ender's Game and the Ender Saga and, and Bean and everything like that. If you're familiar with it, you know that these children have are scooped up by the military at like infant toddler ages and, and trained to be in the military and leading troops by like six and eight years old, which doesn't make any sense, but that's their level of intelligence and ability to adapt to the militarized situation is I guess just based on their surroundings. Like we don't see our six and eight year olds doing stuff like this because they're not growing up in these kind of environments. Right. I give it the benefit of the doubt. I agree that it was not necessarily explained very well, especially like you said, with, with picking the candidates. I mean, you're right. They didn't go into detail about any of this. There was just stacks of paper and then mm-hmm. it cut to the scene where like 24 people are there. And it's just like, eh. there were moments where we were supposed to feel something like that happened to these. 
but I didn't feel anything. I didn't get to know these characters. So yeah, let me let me let me provide a counterpoint. Then do you think maybe that was kind of the point? Like if you think about it, and you look at like there's a lot of soldiers. You never know their names. You know, you they they stand. They might stand out for their abilities, but you never really know their names. And 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 obviously, I know this. This is an anime. And it's a different medium. But do you think maybe you know the whole purpose was to portray that? Like, okay, yeah, you have these mages. You don't really get to know any of them, but you know they're cannon fodder essentially. Like Tanya rolls up, not necessarily because of her name, but because of her actions, and that's why it focuses around her. And you know, there's a couple of characters here and there who kind of show out, but then you don't really get to know those characters because they're not really important. You know. In a, in a real war, like if you watch other mediums, yeah. like Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, there's generally like two to three to four soldiers that might stand out. But the rest of Easy Company and Bravo Company, you don't get to know those people. You don't know their names. You see them in action, but you don't ever get to really get in touch with them. And, and like I said, maybe that's the parallel the anime is trying to make. I'm not saying that's exactly what's happening. But that's just to provide a counterpoint of discussion. Like, do you think maybe that's what they were kind of going for? Or is there, or is there certain things as like, no, you know, that needed to be explained. Like, obviously, the magic stuff that needed, I feel like they could have fleshed that out a little bit more. But as far as the soldiers go, maybe that's what they were going for. Sure. I could see that. I mean, that makes sense. And it kind of digs it to another level. Also, just to point out, like Tanya herself is a maniacal sociopath. She has expressed multiple times in her head that, you know, she has to act the part to make sure that she looks like she cares about her troop. She m mentioned that a couple of times. She's like, well, I've got to do this because I need to act at least look like I care. You know, so, she gave that one girl a promotion. Yeah, exactly. So like those kind of actions, like it kind of makes sense that on on two different levels, one that Tanya's a sociopath who doesn't care and a narcissist who only cares about benefiting herself at the same time, she doesn't see herself as like the person that is to be looked up to yeah. by her troops. You know, she's just trying to do her job in the best way she knows so she can in this war and live a very comfortable life because of her abilities to do the job the best that she possibly could do so she could just get back with being x and just be like fuck you look i won you said i couldn't make it in this difficult world look at me i i, I mean that's that's ultimately her goal is just to mm -hmm. just to to make it to live as long as possible i think they could have did a little more with being x also I felt like he, I say he, this character was just kind of like missed in a couple of episodes where it was like, I thought he was going to pop up and then he didn't. And I was like, okay, that's a little, a little weird. Could be intentional, right? He popped up when he wanted to, though. right? It's, if it's supposed to represent God, like it's not always going to be there when you want it to. What if this was this, this was that, you know, it kind of just leaves it up to you to decide. I mean, that's cool, I guess. Like, like I said, that might be why I, I was missing a lot of stuff because I'm looking for, like, tell me what's going on. You know, I'm not trying to guess. Not trying Damn. to figure it out. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to figure it out off of hints and clues and, you know, things going on in the story. But if it's, if it's made for you to come up with your own, uh, come up with the story yourself or why they're doing things on your own, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't looking at it like that. I, I got I got you. So you you want it to be where you figure it out, but you figure out the the creator's interpretation. Now you have to guess of what they're trying to tell you. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Basically, well, no, I, I'm just like you don't have to paint the whole picture, but at least set some colors to the side for me to look at and figure out what it might be. <laughs> you know. Damn. Right, I got you. Yeah, I, so I guess for example, like if the camera zooms in on the coin, you want to you want to know. Okay, this is a hint for X, Y, and Z. Not okay. Why are you showing me the coin? Like you kind of want to where it's more direct, but you still you know have to obviously figure it out. 
I don't know if I'm making sense. Maybe. I get what you're saying. I enjoy those kind of things where it's kind of left up to interpretation. But the, I mean, that's that's kind of I don't necessarily know if this is what it was trying to do. It might have missed out on a lot of things. It might have accidentally done things that we as you know, people who are trying to break it down. There's things that we see that the creator might not have even meant to, to put in there. There was one other thing that I wanted to talk about that was spanning from Jordan saying about like the military moves that they made and everything like that. There was so much showing of a map and I still mm -hmm. didn't understand where they were or, or yeah. what, what they were trying to take over. Like they showed the map probably at least Every like episode. 20, 30 minutes over the entire 12 episodes. And I still have no idea where they were and where they were trying to take over. Yeah, they were, I guess, the central power on whatever continent they were on. They were like the Russia? Well, I don't... Was they it were was in that, that a world? They were in that Germany and to the west. Oh, no, east Germany. I, I, right, yeah, I, I, I thought they were German, especially because of, like, the crosses. Some of the people, Yeah, they've been the showing that, more. yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. they were parallel to Germany. But I thought they owned that big land. I thought they owned the really big land that was separate from like the smaller lands. Is that not what? correct? What are you talking I thought about? They, like if you look on the European map, right? You've got okay. the Eastern European countries that are like, you know, 30, 40 fucking countries or whatever it is. I don't 20 something. And then you've got Russia, which is a giant fucking country that spans, you know, half the globe. And in this map, I thought it was something similar where there was a bunch of little smaller countries around here and there was one big country. And I thought this big country was trying to expand, which was the empire. Yeah, which you're right. The empire kind of makes me feel Russia, I guess. Right. Yeah, it could be, it could be a blend. But yeah, I think because, you know, I was just going to say like the main antagonists, they were alliance. So it's one country. It was a collection of countries trying to stop them. So I, I agree with that. Yeah. I think that's. They were surrounded. So, like, what I was picturing is that they were, if you're literally looking at our current globe, where Slovakia is, is where I thought where Tanya and her people were centralized, but they also occupied, like, Romania, Ukraine, Germany. They had all of that, but then outside of that, like, Norway and everybody else, Russia, the Russian region, Italy, Turkey, all that shit, Spain, they were fucking, like, all coming together to, like, surround them. And yeah, come at them because they had all these advanced mages that were a, a literal threat to the world. So they were trying to, you know, uh, uh, suppress that. But that's where I was thinking. That's what I was picturing when I was watching this. I'm looking at the map from the anime. Am I the only one who didn't look at that map and try to compare it to like real world scenario? I just thought it was a, a made yes. up plan. It is. No, it is. But like, I was trying to link a like make a correlation between this fantasy world that he was in to our real world because this was technically like World War One, but it took place in that years like 1920s and then it was he said it was he was born in an eastern european country that was similar to one that he was familiar with in his world so i was trying to kind of like pin these things together and piece these things together try to figure out like where is this supposed to represent because it kind of looks like the map of europe but not exactly obviously not exactly so, yeah yeah but it's another thing i was saying like was that a world map it was a partial 
Yeah, oh. we don't know yeah, they how did big. Show. Okay, from like the the monologuing, yes, but when they were in the anime and the what the generals in them were showing, no, that was just you know a strategic map. But when she was monologuing and it showed like the flags and stuff, that was a, a world map or a piece of it showing the threats, the the actual like other countries and you know the threat to them. And like I said, they were being surrounded, so. They were trying to push them out or stop them from, you know, converging and fucking them up. So they had, you know, plans in order to attack at certain destinations to tell everybody to fuck off. Oh, I thought they were just the superpower on the land and wanted to take over everything. No, well, like they had the they had the advanced weapons. They had better, not necessarily better mages, but they had like the scientists who was really coming up with some innovative stuff to help them get that upper edge in the war. Yeah, I thought they were just trying to, you know, go for world domination. I think so. I think so too. And that, and I, and it's funny that you mentioned that because that's kind of the same thing Germany did. You know, like they had all those crazy exactly. like inventions and stuff like that they were trying to do to win the war. And some of that stuff we use now, they were trying to do back then. They just didn't have the tech. So yeah, it's like reversed, but like they instigated. But on yeah. this, I I'd have to go. All right, all right. I had to watch. I guess episode one and two or something again. But I thought you know they were minding their own business, and because they were so advanced. You know, it was literally to keep it simple, basic. They were jealous and also threatened like, hey, if they keep, yeah, they're a superpower. If they keep going, blah, 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 they're going to sit here and attack us. So let's attack them first. But America didn't do that. They were, I mean, we were fucking, you know, we're developing this, 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 and we don't sit here and go threaten and stuff. We do dip our hands in the stupid shit, but we're not saying, hey, we're about to fuck you up. Just because we got these nukes and stuff, it's just protection based, not to get too political, but it's like, yeah, we're minding our own business developing stuff. And then China and Russia are like, all right, wait, we don't have this. They're too far. Let's go, you know, stomp a fucking put a foot in their ass real quick and tell them you can't do this or you got to share it. That's what that's how my mind was going with what Tanya was saying. That's all. But yeah, I just looked up a map of Europe and a map of the actual map from Tanya. And it is actually supposed to be Europe. Like you can see it and it is definitely supposed to be Germany or like, yeah, see, it's called the Duscher empire. Yeah. A lot of the language they used was definitely had like a German twang to it. Yeah. I mean, there's Ildoa for Italy, Hispagna mm. for, for Spain, oh, okay. Francois for France. <laughs> I mean, it's, I guess Dacia is supposed to be Romania. Hmm. Who is the main one that they were fighting? Was it Dacia was the main one? Yeah, I think uh, so. That was when they beat real easily. Oh, no. You, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's where the guy with the child and wife he sent away was from there? Or was he from somewhere else? No, he was part of the Republic. The Republic was the group above. It was the so group that would north be Great Britain? of the Empire. No. No, it's kind of like Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia. It's like all that up there. But obviously, these are all fictional. They're not mm -hmm. real, but they are definitely based yeah. off that uh, Fic that Fic environment. Uh, I know. So, oh, so you guys are were making the point about you know like with the map and things like that. Anthony brought up the comparison. So, do you feel like that maybe hurt it as an anime? Or do you think that that was kind of more in its favor? It's different, and I'm sure it'll have its audience. You know, low people are into it and like it. You like it. Y'all liked it. I thought it was straight. Like, it wasn't... I wasn't disappointed that I watched it, you know? Like, uh, I never yeah. had an 
situation, you know, I wasn't upset at it. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, I guess I say he did a good job. You know, whatever he was trying to do, I think he should be happy with his work. And it's obviously successful. We watched it. We're talking about it. Well, I, well now I got to ask the hard question then. I was going to wait, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it now. So, would you watch a second season of the movie or are you kind of more like, nah, I- I'm good? I might check out the movie just as, just like I said, it really didn't pull me in until the last like episode. It was like two, three episodes, like 10, 11, 12, maybe. Well, literally, what got me interested was the fact that they didn't listen to Tanya when she told them we need to attack these people, you know, hopping on these boats right now, or you, we haven't won the war. Yeah. And they didn't attack. And, you know, the show ends off with them talking about, you know, damn, we, you know, we're going to keep fighting for another three, four years. When if they just listen and let her do what she was trying to do, it could have been done. Show could have been over. Hmm. So, yeah, I want to I would watch the movie just to see what goes on after that, because, yeah, that that made me mad, too. I was like, shoot, why do I mean, y'all don't let this 10 year old up in here fight all these, you know, big battles, win all this stuff for you. And when she's sitting here trying to tell you, hey, it's not over yet, you know, let me and my group that you gave me to do exactly this, go finish it completely, and then they got mad at her. Mm-hmm. You're right. Promoted her and everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, they, they were big mad, too. Yeah, it's like at that point, like, oh, you're just a little girl. <laughs> I mean, you won every other fight for us. But we need you to go over there and sit at the kitty table now. <laughs> go, play, go play with your Legos. Go handle it from here. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I just want to see if it you know ties all back in, I guess, the future, if it goes further in to at least, you know, whenever World War veterans were, you know, telling their stories to us or our grandpas or something or whatever and whatnot. Because like that second episode, that was 2013. I I, I want to see if it just, you know, jumps back to the future. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in watching the rest of it. I'd like to get somebody's take on it who actually, you know, fought in the war. If any of them were actually interested in anime and watched this, I'd want to know what they had to say about it. You know, if they liked it, what they liked, what they didn't like. I think that would be fairly interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also going to gonna throw this out there, and I got, want you guys' opinion. Would you think it would benefit? Like, I don't know. Obviously, continue that story that ended in the season. But let's just like hypothetically, they get to a season three, and they want a time skip. Would you think a time skip would help it? Like, you know, Tanya, let's say she's what? She's 10 now, and then in the time skip, she's like 17, 18. That's what I was thinking was going to happen in this. But yeah, that would be nice if, I guess, season two does that, actually. What if At least to, five years. What if it were to finish the World War and it shows her like going and, and enjoying her life? And then at the beginning of the next season, it starts off with her being like, you know, 20 years older. And so now it's like... 1942 and here we are coming up close to the era of world war ii and maybe like she has to re-enlist to be part of this war and then we go into a new era of war with like higher technology and more magic and stuff you know maybe it could could benefit from something like that like she's like a general in the army and she commands forces and does everything along those lines. And not only is she the most influential person in the military, she's also still the most powerful. Like maybe it could take her out that way. 
Yeah, I, I think we were on the same page. Like the only thing I was I was gonna add to that is before she re-enlists, like maybe like there another World War is about to start up, so like they do like an assassination attempt on her or something, kind of mm. to motivate her character to re-enlist. That's the only thing I would have added, but everything else was perfect. Yeah. I mean, there's got obviously got to be a reason because she wouldn't volunteer to re-enlist based off of what we've seen from her character so far. The intent is to do her job the best that she can so she could just survive and win. Overall, I'd give it six out of ten. Okay. I I enjoyed it. I think it was not without its flaws. Would I tell somebody else to watch this? I don't think I'd openly recommend it, but if they asked, I'd probably tell my honest opinion and probably say, you know, it's it's probably worth a watch. I mean, it's only 12 episodes and, you know, we don't know how the movie wraps this up yet, but the 12 episodes, I don't feel like it was a waste of my time to watch it. It was enjoyable enough. Uh, six. Uh, I might say five. Five out of ten. <laughs> It just it just took too it took too long for me to to grab my attention. Like I said, other people might watch it and you know first second episode back. Like, oh man, I gotta watch this. It it, it didn't hit me right like that. <laughs> what I will say about it is that I felt like the first two episodes actually did capture my attention because the first episode was just about Tanya in the war, and then uh-huh. the second episode wasn't until it told the Isekai story of yeah. him. You know, so that's where I was just like, oh, so that's why there's a toddler in the war. That's why there's this <laughs> this little lolly. <laughs> that's why there's this lolly in the war. And, you know, it kind of put it a little bit more into perspective and kind of made me a little bit more interested, I guess. Obviously, I recommended it, so I would give it eight out of ten. Definitely for me, I, th- I think it was really good. And I would openly recommend it, but the caveat is if someone asked me particularly, like, hey, is there any, like, you know, war type animes? I'd be like, I'd recommend Tanya, and I'd, of course, recommend Gate. Like, I'd recommend both of those, so. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking the exact same thing. Like, if someone likes a war anime, that this would be one to suggest. Okay, does, it, does anyone else have any last comments, concerns before we move on? Oh, well, a thing about, I guess, when Jordan said something's missing, I would say, I guess, magical abilities, because she did that whole deep breathing and she prayed and did that, like, I guess, hydrogen bomb type attack. And we never saw any more of that. It was just the usual, like, I guess, anti-air or bombing spells after that. Nothing like to that extent of concentration and devastation so that would be my only thing yeah man it showed the guy with the daughter who was constantly coming after her he was like enchanting spells on bullets and then he went out there and just did regular like shotgun blast shots like it wasn't it didn't add up to me like he's sitting they made a whole scene showing him do this and even spoke about it and were like, yeah, man, you know, he kind of going off the deep end now for him to get out there and shoot um, like barely amped up, you know, bullets at the people. It, it didn't it was it was lacking. It was it was some stuff. They called them like trench blasters or some something along no, those tr- like trench guns, trench guns. Well, that's what Tanya said. She said trench guns. Yeah. So she said it was against the war treaty or whatever. So whatever he did was like against code. It was against the rules. So that's why it, it was like such a big deal, I guess. So was he putting like spells on the bullets for it to be usable? I think what he was doing was enchanting that specific spell. And I think that's what they tried to get across. Again, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think what was going on 
was that they enchant the bullets with a certain spell, and then that spell is what they fire out, or they're able to enchant their bullets through their gun as they're channeling it through their gun. So he enchanted these bullets with this specific type of like trench blast or trench gun, whatever it was, and which was against the rules, and that's why it was such a big deal. So as you were explaining that, I was thinking maybe only certain guns can enchant the bullet as they come out like you were saying like it might because we we never saw anybody enchant a single bullet everybody just made their guns light up and you know we're shooting spells yeah until him until him right yeah that that exact gun never lit up so yeah that i guess the only thing we can assume is he had to do that to each bullet to be able to use that gun the way he did Maybe, yeah. I, I would say he was enchanting because they were more powerful. And just to kind of add some historical context, like trench guns, I'm like 99% sure trench guns were actually legal, like in real World War One. Like, it was, yeah, yeah. They were yeah, international. Yeah, because those things are, are things is bad. Like, yeah, so that was actually like a correlation war. But I think so, like, you know how Taya enchants too, but she more enchants on the spot. He essentially was just pre-enchanting. Like, it was kind of like they're doing the same thing, but in a different way. Because you notice how, like, when he used that trench gun, trench guns aren't powerful by itself. Him and chaining the bullets was able to break the shields. Because you remember, like, when they were fighting, what, those people that were still using swords and stuff, they just sat there and just was taking all the bullets. They, they weren't even phased, and they turned around just, like, fire squad everybody. I don't know if you guys remember that scene. It was, like, that, that nation that they attacked, that was, like, extremely weaker than them. So I think his trench gun, since he chained the bullets, he was able to get through those shields faster and actually do some real damage. Hmm. Just another thing we'll never know. Yeah. Um, something to interpret, I guess. That's true. You got to get the author in here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wow. maybe, down, maybe down the road, man. Down the road, you never know. After we get that uh, Crunchyroll sponsorship. But, um, of, <laughs> uh, yo, holla at us. Holla at us, Crunchyroll. <laughs> All right, so I want to say that during this past week, I also finished two other shows that I was working on, which was Eden Zero, which was the new fairy tale in space, essentially. That's what it is. It's not the same characters, but apparently like Natsu and the main girl, I can't remember, Lucy, they they were shown at one point in it. So it's apparently taking place in the same universe. That show is so fucking horny, dude. It's damn it's every other scene is like just showing the the main character is rebecca and it shows this girl in like every position possible in the first episode i mean there's episodes where there's like these people called b cubers which are essentially like youtubers but they're called b cubers and there's this guy who's trying to kidnap all the b cubers and all these like hot girls are these b cubers and he's trying to turn them into his furniture and so he hmm. makes them like strip naked and then he turns them into stone it's horny as hell dude and like every episode has like that wow that shit like that plays with something shows i'm not necessarily going to say i recommend it but it wasn't the worst watch and then the other thing i finished was brand new cherry flavor if you're interested in like it's on Netflix. It's a live action TV show. But if you're interested in like horror and kind of like some grindhouse, like grindhouse shit, I would recommend it because it was it's gory. It's got an interesting mm. story. It's got good acting. It's weird as fuck. Like it's it's super fucking weird. I'll just say if you have a problem with somebody throwing up cats, then it's probably not uh, for you. What the fuck? <laughs> fucking weird, bro. Hold up. You said they do what now? <laughs> they throw up cats. This The main character, she throws up a cat multiple times throughout the show. I won't tell you why or the reasoning behind yeah, no, it. I don't know why. 
But the first time it happened, I was like, what the fuck? It's jarring, to say the least. But for recommendations, I'm going to throw out three, and I want to see what you guys think about these. Okay? We only have to pick one, obviously. But I'm going to do three of a different kind of, different vibe than what we've been doing. Your Lie in April, Carolyn Tuesday, or Anna Hanna. Have you guys seen any of these? No. Your Lie in April, but I've never even heard of the other two. Okay. Jordan, have you seen any of them? Yeah, the first one. Your Lie in April? Yeah. Okay, so Carolyn Tuesday is a anime about music. It's on Netflix, and it, it takes place in the same universe as Cowboy Bebop. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's got the, the little black girl and the other girl who plays, doesn't one of them play like a guitar? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the other one's like on a piano or something? Keyboard, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I haven't watched it. I know what you're talking about. Okay, and then Anohana is more of a sad story. Definitely I've seen that also. Sorry. You have seen that? Okay. Mm. So I had to look up the picture of it. My my recommendation is gonna be Carolyn Tuesday. We're all kind of fans of Cowboy Bebop and we're interested in in the universe that they're gonna be creating in the Netflix live action show, even though we don't really have much faith in it. No, and no uh I think I think it'd be something worth talking about. And then maybe maybe after we watch Carolyn Tuesday, we can we can go more in depth with some like references from Cowboy Bebop and stuff like that. I was saying, so since I haven't finished Cowboy Bebop, I might not get some of these references. No, it's you, you do not have to watch Cowboy Bebop to, to watch Carol and Tuesday. Promise you that. There's okay. nothing that you are going to be missing. There's just kind of things that you realize. You're like, oh, that was, it's kind of in passing, not super relevant. But if you have seen Cowboy Bebop, you kind of get some extra things, but nothing that's oh. prerequisite. I was like, oh, that's the, the, uh, that's the bar from, from the Red Eye uh, episode, something like that. Something like that, yeah, exactly. Now, if I see a boy from Red Eye, <laughs> it's his origin story. Definitely dodging on the people too once he hit that with the the bloody eye. Oh my god! Still, he still got knocked out. Razamov. <laughs> um, so I'm going to make recommendations, not necessarily obviously what we're going to watch, but just like if you're looking for you know to get into. Uh, the first is how to sell drugs online fast. So it's a Netflix show, live action, not anime related. It's really good. The only downside is if you're not, if you don't like reading subtitles, that that might be an issue because it is in German. But beyond that, it's a really good show. It's like, you know, the guy, his girlfriend goes off to the US and she comes back and she's doing drugs and then she breaks it off with him. So to win his girlfriend back, he essentially becomes the biggest online seller of drugs. So that's all I can tell you if I'll give anything away. And essentially, this dude is a lot of is a lot of relations to like Mark Zuckerberg and how Facebook is a joke. I think that's one of the bigger themes, but it's got a lot of good stuff on there. And also, my second recommendation: if you're if you're a gamer, you're looking for something new to play, and you like single player games, Tales of Arise just came out today, so I would definitely go and check that out. There should be a demo on Xbox and PlayStation. I'm assuming that demo's on PC as well. So if you want to, you know, kind of dip your toes in, see if that's kind of for you, I would definitely go check out that game. I know I'll be getting it. it it's it looks pretty awesome, and I haven't really played JRPGs. So, yeah, I guess my only recommendation is something I watched a while back. I spoke with y'all about it a, a couple of times. It's called Death Parade, and it is basically the place where people go after they die that isn't like a heaven or a hell, and they have to play this game in order to determine where they're going to go. So, the people normally come down in like pairs, and it, you know, it might be a little kid versus you know, a grandmother or something like that. And, you know, they play these interesting games. It might be like a pinball game or bowling to really 
show these people's true nature, it's definitely worth watching. I don't see how, and I take that back, I can't see how people would not find it interesting because I didn't find the thing we watched last week all that great. But I believe that, that a lot of people would like it. It's got a, a interesting theme. It's kind of like, it's not like a, like a horror thing. It's more of a, I don't even know what the genre would be. I'd ha- I have to look it up. But Amaker, you go ahead and give your bill and I'll figure out that genre. Well, because I watch a lot of movies and I guess entertaining things other than anime. One good thing if you're very into cars, because a couple of us are in our friend group, watching the Jim Connor files with uh on Amazon with uh Ken Block's like behind the scenes on how he does all that insane shit is very well worth watching how him and his crew bust their ass and do all the shit that they do just to make a fucking like 10 minute video on YouTube that everybody just watches is like, damn, this guy is fucking a god behind the car. But you see how he became that way and also his dreams that he wanted to do and ended up instead of doing his dream, doing, you know, the shit we see him do. Because, I mean, he just is hard. He just couldn't cut it. But I'm going to just leave that, you know for you to watch and figure out what i mean and then also another deep but really good movie beast of no nation speaking on like the child soldier thing from the tanya anime we recently watched this has idris elba and he's pretty much a warlord and has his child soldiers you know doing things around africa but it follows a young boy who it literally starts or shows how he became uh, involved with Idris and his company from, you know, tragic shit. It starts from the beginning and you see how they end up in the situation they end up. So that's a really good movie. And that's on Netflix. One of my favorites. So, yeah, I was just saying Beast of No Nation is a really good movie. So I can vouch for that as well. Real quick, the Jim Connor files. I'm actually interested in watching that because Ken Block's videos, those things are crazy. Like some of the best car car usage. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. The way that they shoot everything that they do is is so entertaining. Yeah. If you like cinematography, it's definitely up your alley too. Like his his crew is insane on how they catch the shit that he actually does because he's also insane. <laughs> So last week we talked about martial arts stuff and I brought up Matrix. I know that's kind of like a controversial thing to say, like if you want to compare Matrix to a a martial arts film, but it was, you know, it came out, what, 99, 2000, something like that. It was revolutionary, you know, and to see it come back around, you know, I'm not necessarily expecting this to, you know, take movies to a new level like the original one did, but is it just satisfying nostalgia? Probably, but I'm excited for it. I think it looks good. Yeah, definitely. It's it to me. It seems like it's gonna wrap. Well, maybe not wrap up, but it's gonna still tie up some other stuff and also be able to continue new shit. So I like. I'm I'm ready to see it. I thought the whole this whole time I thought it was fake or a rumor or I thought it got delayed. This and that. I did, I thought like okay, people are just fucking with us. And I was like okay, they're not making Matrix or another Matrix because it took so long. But yeah, here it is. So yeah, I'm gonna pull up to the theater. Yeah, I will say so. You guys are gonna hate me again. So I actually did not watch the last. Why? I honestly couldn't. Well, I will tell you why because a lot of people that watched it before me said it was really bad. 
I should have watched it myself. I probably will go back and watch it now just so I can kind of get the full picture before I go into this new one. You're going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it's like you know, the same thing with Mass Effect. Like, I didn't beat Mass Effect 3 just because the ending was so bad. So I, I, I got literally got to the ending of the game in like the last like 10 minutes. I just didn't play. But wow. yeah. Hey, man. But hey, I was a Bioware hardcore fanboy. So I'm not as hardcore anymore at the time at Anthem. But so and one of the comments I saw was interesting, which they referred to it in the third one, which I hadn't watched. So I didn't know. So I guess one of the theories and maybe you guys can can comment on this was that essentially this is, you know, so in the third Matrix, apparently they mentioned that, you know, this always happens again. The one always comes back. So that's what this fourth one is. So essentially the Matrix reboot itself. And essentially, like, that's why Morpheus looks different now, because it's not necessarily Morpheus. So I think that's. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. At the end of three, spoilers if you haven't watched the original. Yeah, so at the end, Neo saves everyone by restarting the Matrix. So the world is restarted. You know, the world that they know at that time has ceases to exist and it is being rebuilt. He meets these people or this person called the architect who designed the world and everything like that. And it is reset. That is how... The third one ends. This new one, what I assume is happening, is going to be the same story of Morpheus or whomever the character is. We don't know if it is actually Morpheus or not, but maybe is Morpheus looking for the one and Neo is already there or as he's known, Mr. Anderson. What was his first name? What did they say? Thomas? Thomas Anderson, that's right. Yeah, so I think he's actually Thomas Anderson, but he has the abilities and the powers that he had in the previous. So instead of him having to be taught how to be the one like they were in the first trilogy or whatever, he already has the powers of the one. And now it's taking it as if when Morpheus first finds him, maybe he's already exceeded the levels that he expected them and it takes a route from from there i'm assuming because they had that same similar fight scene in the preview of morpheus versus neo but neo was like you have no idea who i am and then showed off like his crazy magical abilities like (laughs) it's reawakening him pretty much just like in i guess other movies or shows anime is like yeah they have these abilities but they don't remember their past life until something triggers it and they're like oh okay yeah something's been blocking it and now it's not and now i'm about to fuck shit up so okay that that's i guess that's kind of what's going on this time around instead of training yeah from straight up nothingness and to be honest with you nesbitt like the number two and three just really weren't all that great like hey i watched number two really 15 times a week the first one is (laughs) I mean, the first one is is timeless for me, but two and three I have watched multiple times and I still enjoy them just because I enjoy the Matrix story and everything behind its meaning. We won't go too far into depth about that, but I, you know, I enjoy a lot about it and I'm excited for this next one. But if I were to be honest with somebody who's not as big of a fan of the Matrix as I am, two and three were not great movies by any chance so don't don't expect like some some marvel of a movie when you watch three 
it is an epic adventure, like what they go through and everything. But yeah, yeah, I know Mr. Langino. So uh, one of our teachers, one of my teachers, oh, Lord. Mr. Langino, like he literally first day of class, he he talked about the Matrix and how he believed in it. So I know that man's out there happy somewhere right now. <laughs> I never even thought about that today. Yeah, hopefully he's been yeah waiting on this movie and we see him at the theater. So since we since we're in spoiler territory, maybe you guys can explain this to me. I saw a comment talking about what well, apparently like what like the humans and the machines had like a truce. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. So apparently, if we're keeping it basic, there was a virus and Neo was the only one capable of removing this virus because he was Lizard Squad or the, like the virus had a vendetta, vendetta or whatever uh, against him. So they knew each other's weaknesses and strengths. So they're like, OK, we'll release our like enslavement of the humans and in within the matrix and let them have free will and do stuff even outside the matrix those that are awakened if you stop this motherfucker from corrupting us and straight up being you know bad for everybody actually and it was just pretty much too much you know strain on neo or on keanu so things happened but it it was resolved and that's where the truce came in because he did his job that they asked of him Okay. Because they were on the door of actual real world humans ready to like take everybody out. That's what the whole third movie is, is it's mostly in the real world and like the machines were ready for like finishing us off. Okay. So are you are you guys excited about this new one overall? Or did you like the church tr- trailer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, partially. Yeah. I want to see what the what the hell how they like how they're fucking doing, you know, tying this shit in and stuff. Well, Brandon, I'm very glad that you know that much about The Matrix because I was not the biggest fan. Everybody <laughs> liked the first one. Like Anthony said, the second and third were lacking. And, man, this ain't, this ain't Fast and Furious. I'm not about to watch all these Matrix movies. Hey, you should, you should have stopped after the third one anyway. I like action movies, so that's why I like them that much. The thing that got me with The Matrix is each movie is like three hours. Yeah, but you'll watch a fucking Transformers movie if it is three hours. It's good. <laughs> it's Damn good. it. How many of them are See, good? See, no, the whole thing, no, 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 no. With it, like I said, I like action. I like the fight mm-hmm. scene. So I didn't say that number two was good because I literally sat there and watched the highway scene and the mansion scene where Neo fought those, I guess, quote unquote vampires. That's all I would do is watch those fight, those sequences. Well, let me ask this, though. Obviously, obviously, I'm going to take out the first one. So do you think like so would you consider the second and third one action movie? Because, you know, with Matrix, it, that's that's one of those films where they make you think. And there's a lot, you know, there's action scenes mixed in. But like, I feel like it's more of like one of those like metaphysical movies where it's like you got to like go, you know, I, I, I want to make it. I want to make an example like like Rick and Morty. Like, you know, there's action going on, but there's a lot, you know, it makes you kind of think. Even though some people say Rick and Morty fans are conceited at thinking that every episode is like that, but I'm just using this for an example. Like it, got, it, it makes you think. So, do you think it's more of an, a movie that just has action scenes, or actually is an action movie? That would be number two. That would be number two. One and three are what you're talking about, or, or yeah, is what you you're you're asking about. Number one and three are like that. Number two is like more action, and then I guess yeah, lore and thinking. But three is heavy because it's finishing up. I guess everything so yeah you really have to pay attention to three and then number one of course because how it it all begins and what the fuck's even going on and also because this is lengthy but i'm gonna keep it short you have to watch 
a certain couple of episodes i don't know how it's broken up anyways the animatrix there's a couple of things in that dvd wow whatever the fuck it's on right now you have to watch that if you're gonna tie all of these movies together you have to because it shows how all this bullshit happened with the matrix and it also shows an important part with jada pinkett smith's crew and how they were helped or supported in a certain thing that happened in the movie or whatever like another team of divers i don't even know what they call anyways another team that dove into the matrix had to deliver a message to jada pinkett's team and there you go it's just those two things are actually you need to at least see those if you want to have the full lore completion type experience so yeah so y'all like like you just said, y'all are y'all are anticipating this movie and ready and y'all seeing it in the theater. I mean, my, like I said, I'm oh I'm probably stream it. I mean, it depends on if it's coming if it's gonna stream at the same time as a theater, I'm not staying traveling. home. Yeah, I'm staying yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. Let's say that the streaming and the theater costs the same. Like you have to pay regardless. Would you go to the theater versus just sitting at home and watching it? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think I, I think I will. I, th- I think I will if I have to pay for it anyway. I, I think, I think for the Matrix, like that's just something like at a level for me that I'm just like, man, I, that'd be awesome to see in like uh, IMAX or some shit. You know, it'd be yeah. really cool to be like in an RPX theater with like really crazy sound and like you know some some good seats and shit like that. I, like I'd be down for that. Yeah, that's how it depends on the movie. Yeah. So I want to tie something together real quick. We mentioned Animatrix. I am looking at some of the animation directors in the Animatrix, and I know like they're, I think a bunch of them have done something, you know, spectacular along the way. But I'm looking at one, Shinichiro Watanabe. He has done Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Shampoo. Carol and Tuesday, Death Parade, two episodes of Animatrix. You know, we talked about like all these things tonight. I thought that was that was kind of crazy. Okay. So, you know, before we wrap it up, does anyone else have any other comments, concerns, anything else they want to add? Any other recommendations? If any listeners out there have anything to recommend, you know, just let us know. Oh, yeah. If you want to send us emails you could send it to nofillernerds at gmail.com by the time this episode comes out maybe our youtube i'll have something on it youtube.com slash nerds. yeah and 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 i guess to add to the youtube thing so you guys don't know this but we can see each other so if you guys want to know what we look like and maybe see our podcast more visually um that's something that we could try to work on as well through the youtube because you know youtube does have live streaming as well so like send us an email or go on our YouTube page. Hopefully maybe we'll have a Facebook group page. Just, just let us know any comments, concerns, or questions are always appreciated. So on that note, again, my name is Brandon. You can find me on Twitch TV at twitch.tv slash mono red sky. For those who can't spell M O N O R E D S K Y. And then we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Jordan, do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, just thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Okay. Anthony. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Ant underscore Mac1, and Twitch, Above Average Anthony. With the moves towards YouTube, maybe YouTube gaming, YouTube live streams on the in the mix. Maybe I won't stream to Twitch anymore. I don't know. Who knows what the future holds? Okay, uh, Mr. Amaker. Yeah, you can catch me, Nocturnal, N-A-K, not N-O-C, 
on all gaming platforms. And a quick, I guess, martial arts thing. If you're waiting for that Sifu martial arts game, I highly recommend playing Rise to Honor with Jet Li before you touch this game. <laughs> there you go. And then once again, I am always impressed PlayStation somehow getting these Marvel games. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch that showcase that came on today. All right. And once again, this is Brandon. Thank you for listening to the No Filler Nerds. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.